This is Dirt and Sprague. Holy crap. What happened? You got pink eye. With Andy Dirt Johnson. You and each other butterfly kisses or something? Ha ha ha. Very funny. That's not how you get pink eye. You get it from poo particles making their way into your ocular cavities. And Brendan Sprague. I farted on Jason's pillow, the practical joke. He farted on Jonah's thinking it was mine. And then eventually pink eyed my pillow. Um, not proud of any of this. But I think we've all for forgiven each other. Dirt and spray gone 1080. You can get pink eye from farting in a pillow? Totally. That's awesome. The fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague with you on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, the 99.5 HD2 station, and, of course, the Odyssey app. A quick station note. We've got Fan Madness back, baby. A couple of weeks away. Fan Madness is coming back and hopefully better than ever. It's How long has it been? When was the last Fan Madness we had? <sighs> had to have been pre-COVID, 2019 probably. Because 2020 tournament member didn't happen. They shut. That's when everything shut down. Was that's during right. the Pac-12 tournament. That's right. It was uh, Oregon State played one game, and then mm-hmm. I think Oregon was warming up, and they called it. They're like nope, everybody off the floor. That was it. Uh, Laurelwood Brewing presents the annual basketball tournament party, Fan Madness. It's going to be Thursday and Friday, March 16th and 17th, at the Stadium Sports Bar at Alene, and Thursday and Friday, March 23rd and 24th, at X Golf Tualatin and X Golf Vancouver. Uh, Dusty, it says Danny and Dusty, but I think D- Danny's having surgery today, and he's going to be out. Uh, I think that's what he at least texts me, but it says Danny and Dusty will be there. Maybe just Dusty. Isaac and Souk will also be there hosting their shows live from each location. Come out, play hooky with the fan, and have a good time. It's been a while, and uh, have a couple drinks, uh, or just go to a and A or X-Golf and Either gamble on the games or watch the great action as you uh, swing your eight iron. I can't wait, man. Both of them are going to be fun. You take your clubs and watch a little college hoops. Usually by round two, I'm kind of like, all right, my back, uh, my bracket is busted, so I don't really care that much. But if you give me a golf simulator, I'm a little more interested in that case. I'm challenging you to a one-on-one <laughs> golf round. Let's go, baby. What, what course should we play? Ooh, that's a good challenge right there. How many strokes do I got to give you? Zero. Zero strokes head-to-head? It's virtual golf. Okay. Automatic two putts? No putting? Yeah, automatic. Well, there's yeah. Let's do automatic two. Automatic two putts. I don't like the. That's the only down part to me of the simulator golf is the putting. I would say let's play. Let's see. It'll be the week after the players. So we or no, two weeks after the players could play TPC. I'm in. Island Green. Are we playing tips or are we playing whites? I mean, you got to play the tips. Come on. We're the uh, PGA Tour here. Virtual. Who cares? Who cares? Right. Second shot, 320 (laughs) yards out. Let's do this. Also, we found out yesterday (laughs) that our our staff is taking a party bus up to the ALNA one. We've been invited to ride that. I I asked immediately, like, what time's the bus leaving? How do I get on the bus? And I think I'm going to take the party bus to it. I think I am too, but I want (laughs) to know if there's another bus coming back because I actually have basketball (laughs) practice Monday. Does that include part timers? I I think so. Everybody on the bus. Yeah, you're welcome to come out. Let's go. Oh, I need to get there. I need to get there. Um, so, yeah, come hang out with us. It's rapidly approaching. We got, you know, conference tournaments that are about to happen in the men's. The women's is already underway. Uh, and so we're looking to have a good time for uh, a few days out at uh, Alene and the X-Golf locations. We were talking about the Blazers. And um, it, it, I knew it, but, like, it really just sunk in yesterday. Watching Dame score 40 points in a night where it didn't even really feel like he kind of had it. You know, it was just like run of the mill. They put his box, his score, his stats up on the screen, and I'm like, oh, he's got 37. Just didn't feel like one of those nights. Another night where he scores 40. Mm-hmm. He's got more 40 point games at 32 years and older than Michael Jordan. 
And it doesn't matter because the team's just not good. Jeremy Grant's a good player. Jeremy Grant is a three. And what I mean by that is he is a third option. He's not, hey, Jeremy, we need you to be option number two here and carry us. And New Orleans was right for the picking, but they just have better players. They do. Cam Reddish, uh, he had a good start. He kind of fizzled out. Shaden's two hit and miss as a rookie. You have zero size in Drew Eubanks after that. And then Trent Watford's kind of hit and miss. And, you know, Matisse. And you, you just kind of rattle off. Anthony rolls his ankle. You still don't have Nurk. Like, they're just they're just such a mediocre to not good basketball team. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know where this whole thing is going to go. But if you don't think I'm still having some form of faith, you're sadly mistaken. There was a story yesterday that James Harden, is destined to head back to Houston on the Athletic. Have fun with that, man. Uh, Dude gets paired up with Joel Embiid, and he's already looking for ways out. What are we doing? I heard to go to the worst team in the NBA and help them rebuild. I heard some rumblings of why, and if you found out why, you might not make fun of him. He wants to party at strip clubs in Houston, and they let him party at strip clubs in Houston, and Philly doesn't want him to party at strip clubs. That certainly played a part in the optics (laughs) yesterday, for sure. They let him do whatever he wants. (laughs) Like, what are we doing? But, you know, it's yeah, people in my mentions, trade Dame, let's blow this thing up. Like, I I just, I just, I'm never going to be there. I'm never going to be there when you get a guy that wants to be your franchise player still contributing at this high a level. I, I just, I'm not there. Shaq telling Portland they should do him a favor and trade him. It's like, no, no. Let this, I'd rather just be in the ocean, floating on a door, holding Damian Lillard's hands. <laughs> I'll never let go, Dame. I'll never let go. Because, of course, I'm going to be on this floating door. But I, I'm not, I'm not going there, and you know some fans have, I and I get it. I the, the national stuff is bothersome to me because it's just the same dumb lazy. Take well, let's over stay away from the national again. stuff. What sure. do you think about the local fans? Because I did see that Shaq thing yesterday, and I was just like, what are we like? That's the thought. Hey, you added 71 points. Get him out of there. Like, okay, they're doing the same thing Jason McIntyre did. Thanks for being educated. Um, I, the, the local fans look. I, I don't. I, I part of me will always understand where they're coming from. Right, like you're just you're. It's hard to win a championship in the NBA when you your primary player is not a great defender. He's an elite all-time scorer, but he's not a, a great defender. And the organization has shown no ability to put a competent roster around him basically his entire career. And the best path forward in their mind is let's get as many assets as we can, get a bunch of draft picks, and let's just start the rebuild. I th- the only reason I push back on that is because there's no guarantee that the rebuild is going to result in anything. And when you have a loyal star, like, I want to see this thing through. The guy's still playing at a high level. And the the part of me that is still semi-excited going forward, and this is where Jordan and I disagree, because I get the concern about the Chicago pick conveying. Like, I totally get that from fans. I do think, though, when we talk to a lot of NBA folks at the trade deadline, like, how can Portland get out of this? And they said it's it's somewhat complicated, but it's doable. You call them up, you make an offer. How about this? How about that? Here's four second round picks. You just got how many from the from the Warriors and the GP two trade? Like, there's ways around it. You are in the process of of building and finding as many assets as you possibly can. And I would argue right now, you have two really solid at young assets. Anthony Simons is a well thought of young player who is on a very team friendly, affordable contract considering what he brings. Uh, has he been disappointing to Blazer fans and to us? Yes. Do we think that him and Dame can win a championship? No. And yes, I want to see him traded, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have value around the league. Shaden Sharp is 
uh, a human highlight reel. He had another alley-oop dunk last night. We didn't even really talk about his throwdown against Golden State the other night. Like, he is a highlight tape every single night, and he's been a, a, a breath of fresh air for a lot of folks. That's two really good young assets. If this thing hits the side of the mountain like it's probably going to in the way that they've been playing for the last month, there's a good chance you end up with a top-five pick in this year's draft, too, or at least have a decent percentage chance at Imagine that. Imagine if we somehow got one. Oh. Like, sure, that, I mean, sure. I'm not even going to let myself go there mentally, but you're going to have a statistical Why? probability, you know, a chance to have it happen. You're in the mix. There's an opportunity that it could happen. Slim chances, but there's, a, but there's an opportunity. I'm just saying, like, you're in the midst of needing to build as many assets as you can. If you go into the offseason with, the, let's say, the fifth or sixth overall pick in the draft, Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simons to work with, that's a that's a hell of a haul to get something done. Two good, well-thought-of young players, one who's under team contract for a long time on an affordable contract, the other guy who's just coming off a rookie season in which he turned heads, and, oh, hey, by the way, you can add those two, and here's a top-five pick for whoever you're trading with, like, that's a decent position to start with. Now, will they go make that trade? A lot of fans don't believe it, but I'm continuing to be optimistic that they will. That's how you're feeling, huh? That's how I'm feeling. I do. I, I And I know it's so easy for everybody to hear what you just said and roll their eyes and go, oh, there it is. There's there's the Blazer fan idiot. This is the finally the year. I, I, I totally understand it. I think it's fine to have the opinion. I'm going to remain optimistic and say this is kind of it. It's this offseason or it's probably never happening here. Not that it's going to happen, but let, let's let's at least – we'll see what the 20 games give us. I still am interested in some of these guys and the, the development of them. I, I don't completely dismiss the idea that they have valuable assets to go fish. Does that mean they're going to hook any big fish? No. No. Nobody here is expecting it anyway, but I still think you've got something to put on that line and throw out in the water and see if anybody is interested. You're at least starting at a Dame point. I put a poll question up. Blazer fans, are you to the point where you think the uh, the right move for the team is to completely blow it up, and that means trading Dame? Yes, it is time, or no, stop, he's our guy. And I will for I, – I just – Right or wrong, and most people probably tell me I'm wrong, I will always be in the latter category. No, stop, he's our guy. I will too. You don't get loyal superstars very often in the NBA, and I don't want to run the only one we've ever had. Literally, the only one we've ever had. I don't want to run them off. And this optimism led me to write a poem last night. Would you like to hear my poem? (laughs) I do want to hear your poem. I wrote a poem last night. In my bed, I wrote a poem. That's how how bad I was. Roses are red. I wanted them to win that game (laughs) so damn bad. I can't begin to tell you. Because I didn't want to see number three come back and win. <laughs> I didn't want to see him win here. I at least took a little bit of solace in the fact that Dame outplayed him. And CJ won because uh, he had Brandon Ingram, who's better well, than anybody on Portland's roster. If, if Dame had what CJ has right now, even without Zion, they'd be like a top 5-4 team in the West. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. Yep. Uh, all right, I'll do my poem then. The poem that I wrote because I was in such a low place. Still being a fan somehow. <laughs> How? I don't know. So here we go. I hate the way O'Shea screwed this team and the way Jody doesn't care. I hate how we can't have nice things. I hate the way Nurk styles his hair. I hate those PDX carpet jerseys and how you're wasting Dame's prime. I hate that we never signed big free agents and not getting another all-star should be a crime. I hate relying on Ryan Archidiacono. I hate two small guards every single year. I hate that our defense sucks. Dame leaving. That's my biggest fear. I hate being in purgatory 
and the fact that we're never very tall. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. <laughs> that was really good. Well done. Ten things I hate about you, Blazers. You're an artiste, man. You're an artiste. Did I steal from a movie? I might have. Yeah, I might have. <laughs> what kind of poem is that? I actually don't know the name of that kind of poem. Sounded like a limerick. I'm going to go with limerick on that one. It's had limerick written all over it. I know it's not a haiku, but that's all I know. It's not a haiku. That's I know that I at least. I only, you know how I know a haiku? Peter King. Because Peter King, at the end of every Monday morning quarterback, yeah, randomly writes a haiku that's NFL related. Yeah, like a couple of thoughts here. So Deal tweeted us and said, "I like I have no faith that the team is going to figure out a rebuild." You shouldn't. And I, that's I'm the not, funny part to me. Like we have yeah. no faith that we can build a title team around Dame, but then we have faith that they can trade Dame and all of a sudden get it. I mean, you're the Houston Rockets, you're Oklahoma City at that point. Which, hey, eventually you're probably going to get there either way. Or you're the Orlando Magic, who <laughs> you either luck into Shaq and lose it, <laughs> right. and then luck into Dwight Howard and then lose it and you're hoping you have it with Palo but you're the Orlando Magic like and I know people play that game and there's the other side of that that you just mentioned it's you could be the bad team who hits the skids hard and you luck into the next generational LeBron Victor Wimbanyama whatever but I, I think it's just as likely that you are the Orlando Magic you no know, you could very you're, well fall into that the Detroit Pistons like yeah. and I I dealt with this last year when we, me and Danny started the pod. And, and it's not a whole representation of the fan base in the city dirt. But this city ain't built for that life. I hate to tell a lot of you out there, you ain't built for that life. You think, you all oh, want to take. Let's get the young assets and the draft picks. One season into that lifestyle. And you'll go, oh, we're still at least three seasons from competing. Yep. And then even then, I don't know where that puts us. You can't handle it. Because I saw, I see the reaction when they're trying to tank. Last year, they wanted to tank. And when they did, people were like, man, this is awful. It's like, what do you think it would be if they traded Dane? It could be three years of this. <laughs> it's going to be even worse, man. We, we've dealt with this before, too. The Blazers, if it weren't for Paul Allen saving the Rose Garden from bankruptcy, I mean, they've had a couple different points, like been talked about, not not really seriously considered, but talked about being moved out of Portland because of the lack of interest in other sports teams here. So if, yeah, we're tanking or we're going bad and, and there's just nobody showing up for a couple of years, I'm not sure Portland could recover from that as a sports fan base. I well, remember going to games in the Jailblazer, well, and you could sit 10 rows up from the floor for cheap. There was nobody. I mean, we brag about our fandoms, and we have a great fan base in this city. There's no doubt about it. But even we won't support a team that sucks that bad. They gave Park Rose students, I, I'm sure Cleveland had this and other schools in the Portland Metro had this. They gave Park Rose free tickets. Yeah, we had we had like our athletic director like anybody want to go to the Blazer Bobcat game and me and my buddy's like hell yeah. Remember when they were ten bucks? Like you get it, yeah. not not just a five back of bucks, the, man. Yeah. Like in the three, the very top of the stadium. Yeah, I remember, and we got cheap ass tickets. We moved down to like the two the two one hundred section area. And we watched Emeka Okafor and the Charlotte Bobcats hey, on a Wednesday. Out. Shout out to the Bobcats, man. And I remember just thinking, well, this team sucks, but this is awesome. Free tickets. A <laughs> couple of thoughts I want to read quick. Somebody said, well, let, let, let's read okay. some thoughts on the other side. We got Brett McMurphy coming up at 730. We got to make sure we're on the clock there because we have a lot to talk about with McMurphy. He, he might have the latest on the Pac-12 media rights deal or at least his reporting on it. And so we'll talk to him about that. We got Ken Barkley at 8. But read your thoughts on the Blazers and where they're currently sitting right now is Last night, to me, not that they were going to do anything, but their playing hopes, to me, I thought last night was Bane breaking Batman over his knee 
throwing them into the pit, it's over, and I don't think we're crawling out of that thing. So we'll read your thoughts on the other side. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. This is Dirt and Sprague on 1080, the fan. This magic moment. Brett McMurphy will join us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Where does he think the Pac-12 is going to land? He's had a lot of reporting on this. And I think it's a very fair question at Twitter from Ginger Fit Dad. Why are we talking about this? He doesn't want to go anywhere. Yeah, that's my point, too. Like, I, if he asked for a trade and wanted out, I think we would all understand and say, go, go get a ring, buddy. We'll cheer for you. But if he wants to stay here, why? Well, I'm, I'm not doing this because I want to push him out. I, I, I guess I probably should have prefaced the question. It's more like. I'm just kind of fascinated by the people that are like, yeah, do it. I'm done. Blow it up. It's it's over. It's like, or you, or, or you could just, you know, you could stupidly or unstupidly keep the faith and start with a pretty good building piece of, uh, you know, a 33-year-old point guard. He's averaging 30 points a game and might win a scoring title. Almost have 50, 40, 90 splits. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I think that's a good place to start as a roster, but yeah, I, I just be wrong. D- until he until there comes a demand, I don't it's not even a conversation that I think is realistically worth having because you're not gonna trade him unless he says trade me. And until I don't there's no reason to think that's gonna happen anytime soon. If the guy's been loyal for the last ten years, why is one more down season gonna change it? I'm just as frustrated as everybody else watching him get triple teamed. And leaving other teams leaving guys wide open. Triple. Five guys are watching him every play now. <laughs> Nobody else can do anything. It's like, hey, here comes a double and triple team. All right, pass, pass, wide open shot, brick. Okay, back the other way we go. Like, that's Portland's offense at times, and that's incredibly frustrating to watch. But somebody texted in, um, you know, the Blazers are the definition of mid. Uh, mid is worse than bad because mid is forgettable. At least when you're bad, you're bad for a purpose. When you're mid, what's the purpose? There's no purpose. I'm done watching this team until either a big trade goes down or Billups gets fired. So you're in purgatory. Yeah, you're in purgatory. Sure. And I, I get that that frustration. And I think Portland has largely been there the entirety of Damian Lillard's career. And it's why we wanted the last general manager out. The only points that I'll push back on, one, the Billups saying whatever. You want to fire Billups, I'm totally cool with that. The the what's the purpose of watching? It's to watch Damian Lillard. It's to appreciate greatness. And again, it's going to suck and it's going to be frustrating at times. But you're watching one of the best players in the NBA having maybe the best season of his career, potentially winning a scoring title. Like that, that to me is something that I want to keep an eye on. That would be a really cool accomplishment for Damian Lillard to get. The other thing is, I don't like. We'll see how the next twenty games go. Are you mid? Like you're not full on. You're not Charlotte, Detroit, bad. You have the ninth worst record in the NBA right now. No, there's a really good chance in the the next two weeks that you have the sixth worst record in the NBA. You had the seventh overall Mm -hmm. pick last year in the draft. You actually tanked your season last year, and it landed you Shaden Sharp, which everybody who complained about tanking doesn't complain about Shaden Sharp highlights now. I always find that ironic. I don't like. I don't. I think you're a really bad team, and you've been a really bad team since game fifteen of the regular season. I, I don't know if you're mid. I, I think you're bad. Well, they've been bad for you since game 15. They started 10-4, and four and you were like, well, now they're 10-5, and they suck. <laughs> you're mid. I mean, essentially, you guys are only expecting them to win, what, five, seven games tops the rest of the season? I, mean, I don't know why you would expect point? anything more than I, that. I have no expectation they win more than six the rest of that schedule based on what I see, unless Dame plays every game the rest of the way. And you play a couple real, like Sacramento's at the bottom there. They're like one of their two last seven games. If the West is solidified at that point, Sacramento might not have a reason to play much, 
and maybe that's a winnable game. But yeah, for the most part, to your point, Jordan, I I don't count more than five wins if you play the schedule game. I mean, with the West so close together, I, I agree with you guys. It's just anything but New Orleans can is the team that's right in front of them. That was your if you're going to get to the play and stuff. That was your opportunity. You were yeah. at home. They didn't have their best player too. Well, yeah, and you lost by double digits. I think that's kind of the point. Now, can you shoot better? You certainly could, but I, you know, Jeremy's not going to give you twenty five every night. No, but when you're on, you've got Ant, Jeremy, and Dane. Uh, do you have Ant? He re-rolled his ankle. I saw Jason yeah, Quick's report not. that uh, he can he can gingerly walk on it. But why was he playing last night? Like that's all. That was a whole another topic for me. Like, I didn't think he was coming back until the road trip. That was no. And then he was listed as questionable. And then it was like, hey, Anthony Simons is starting again. And he did. I mean, you could tell there was rust, but you could also tell he was moving pretty gingerly on his ankle the entire game. And I just thought, why are we risking this at this point in the season? Because they, well, because they want to be in the play-in. Whatever that means to you, it's it means a lot to them. It's an opportunity to be a playoff team. Sure, it means nothing to me, but it, it could, I see it, the point yeah. from the locker room. I do. It's just you, you, you compete, right? If you compete on any level, pros or non-pros, like you want to play, you want to be in the thing, even if you you don't have a chance, you still want to tell yourself, "I got a chance." Yeah, it just I mean, you you brought in your second best player. You would argue, most people would argue, uh, a little too early, and now how long is it going to cost you at this point? So I'm not of rushing whole, him back on this road trip. I know they have six games in nine nights. Like that to me was, I mean, you're just. You could have given him a couple more games off and brought him back at some point. Maybe the ankle's a little more stable and he doesn't re-injure it. Ankle injuries can be finicky, though. Anybody who's ever had them knows it's pretty easy to happen again. I just that, It just felt like he was rushed back, and now it's, okay, he got hurt again, great, so now you're out another two weeks kind of thing. But we'll wait and see on that. But when he initially got hurt, I thought he was going to be out for a month, if not longer than that. Oh, it, I mean, when it initially happened, it I thought awful. it was season-ending. Yeah, it looked it awful. Like he broke his foot. I just, you know, I, I, I get the mid thing. I get the purgatory thing. I just... To me, let's wait and see how the next two weeks goes because I don't know if you're mid and I don't know if you're in purgatory. You very well may likely end up with a top five pick in this year's draft. I, I, I would say, too, it's I've said this now a couple times. I didn't do my basket blue balls today, but the listeners are pissed at you, man. Well, we've, yeah, I know. I, this is my mistake. There was a guy that texted in, I don't even like basketball. Where was basket blue balls? That's become my favorite segment. You don't even like the sport. I'm, I'm sorry. I let you down. I disappointed you. I will make it up. I'll do the gummy bear challenge one more time tomorrow. And we'll end the week on a good note, and I'll do basket blue balls again. But uh, not necessarily fair to him to say this, and it, it's probably a bit of an overreaction because well, I'm tired of seeing this team suck. I, I I said it in my jokey poem. I, I really am done. I, I'm done with the too small guard thing. Like, yes. It's not fair to him. He only got a year to do it, but I don't think they ever established great chemistry. I don't think they established, like they, their better numbers are when they're split. When Ant's off on the court and Dame's sitting or Dame's on the court with Shaden and Ant sitting, their numbers are better. I just, and I there's the defensive problem there. I... All the way out. And uh, I would imagine, though, I'm hoping at least that that front office, if you are to swing for a move, I mean, you're swinging for hopefully what is a big contract. You're going to need his contract in that. And so, also the asset, too. He's your, I mean, the, probably yeah, the best right. asset you have. Because he's 23, going to be 24. He's on a pretty good deal for a player of his caliber. I think in the right setting, he can actually be a pretty damn good player. Uh, I just... I'm not convinced this is the setting for it. And, um, yeah, I'm watching him last night. I'm wondering what you're like. Why is he playing? And 
Yeah, so I, I'm, I've, I've moved off it, and I'm done with it. I've been there since last summer. Welcome to the club, buddy. Uh, Brett McMurphy, let's move off the Blazers because it's depressing enough. Let's go to another depressing <laughs> item, the Pac-12 <laughs> media rights deal. Hey, Ion Network. Or is it Apple TV? We don't know. Brett McMurphy will join us coming up next for the Daily Ticker. And then Ken Barkley at 8. But we get the latest on the Pac-12 with Brett McMurphy next on The Fan. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. And some you haven't. How do you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, ticker time here on a Thursday. Welcome back in, 733. It's been some pretty depressing news lately around the Conference of Champions, and uh, we don't really know how to feel, so let's talk to somebody who knows what the hell's going on. Brett McMurphy, uh, one of our favorites, uh, college football insider with the Action Network, at Brett underscore McMurphy on Twitter. Go give him a follow there. Brett, good morning to you, man. Thanks for the time out here in Pac-12 country, and I'll just start, like, as Pac-12 fans, how... How should we be feeling right now? I, I guess it depends what school you're with and what your ultimate wish is for the future of the Pac-12. Um, you know, I, I think it varies from school to school. Certainly, you know, I think Oregon and Washington are in a great position, whether the Pac-12 stays together or whether they get invites to the Big Ten, they're going to end up okay. Uh, if, if you're, you know, Washington State or Oregon State, maybe you're not as secure because if there is some movement within the within the Big Ten and then the resulting dominoes that, that could impact some of the Pac-12 schools, um, you may be uh, one of the few schools left in the Pac-12 and, in you know, one of the more, um, you know, dr- dramatic things that could happen, but um, it, it's a it's a tricky time, and you know, unlike the other Power Five conferences, the, the I think the future of the Pac-12, they don't control their own destiny, if you will, to use a a cliche for teams trying to make the playoffs or whatever, because it's simple. If the Big Ten wants to expand further and goes to the Pac-12, uh, those schools are going to leave, and it's not that they don't like the Pac-12. I mean, you guys know this; they're going to double their their media rights value and those sort of things. Uh, the same reason that USC and UCLA left. Where do we sit today, Brett? What's 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 your best guess? We we don't know when we're going to hear about this. We thought we'd hear it at the end of the year, and then that turned in. Oh, it'd be the beginning of twenty twenty three. We're now in March. What's what's the latest that you're hearing, and and what you're kind of feeling at least today on this? Well, it seems to be. You know, the consensus is the longer that this goes on, the longer that the perception that there is weakness within the Pac-12. But ultimately, if George Klyovkov comes to the president and has a has a good deal or a great deal or whatever, um, then I think every everybody would be reassured and, and would feel a lot better. But until that happens, there's going to be endless speculation on on what's going to happen with the future of the conference. You know, what's funny is, you know, the deals, you know, technically it's not up until, you know, 2024. But, um, you know, because the Big 12 went early and then the moves by the Big 10, everything's, you know, got kind of sped up. And so this actually this would be the time when the Pac-12 would kind of be looking at everything right now. But because of all the everything else swirling around throughout throughout the college landscape. Um, that's kind of got sped up and expedited. And so, you know, nobody's patient 
anymore. You know, <laughs> everybody, everybody wants results yesterday. And so that's what everybody's kind of waiting for. I know a lot of people have kind of said that they expect something in sometime in March. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But bottom line, whether they get something in March, April, May, whenever it is, I don't think it matters when they get it. I just think obviously it matters what that deal is, what it's worth. And then we'll have to see if, if it's enough to keep keep uh, the 10 schools there. Will the Pac-12 go to 12, uh, you know, to beef up the inventory for, for its streaming partners that I think they're going to be a part of? Um, that's all something, you know, we should find out in the coming coming weeks or a couple of months, I think, at the, at the most. Well, hopefully we find out soon because I know Pac-12 fans are on edge. We're waiting for some concrete. We haven't had anything in a while. Brett McMurphy is our guest, College Football Insider Action Network, at Brett underscore McMurphy on Twitter. We'll give him a follow. You mentioned the streaming aspect of it, and that's something we've debated with fans and listeners. And, you know, everybody's got an opinion on it because we've always known streaming was going to be a part of it. But then the reports come out that maybe it's an all-streaming deal, and then that makes everybody's hair catch on fire. How detrimental is that to the conference if it does end up being an all-streaming streaming package? I think it's just – I think it's a matter of opinion. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer there. It's just whatever your preference is. You know, if if you can get – you know, what, what does the – and again, it's ultimately – it's the league has to make that decision. Um, does the league want – you know, is it worth more money – to go with streaming or is it, um, or would they accept less money to do less streaming? Again, there's not a right or wrong answer. Obviously, you know, you guys know the positives and negatives positives. Everybody will be able to get it. Everybody will be able to see it. Um, You'll have to pay for that. Is that a huge detriment? Who knows? Mm -hmm. You know, the flip side is when you're on a streaming service, you're not going to get the daily, or the weekly drumbeat from the ESPN or the Foxes promoting your games. Because if you're not on their networks, they're not going to promote you. Same way that ESPN never promoted the NHL when they weren't doing their games. Now they have a package with the NHL. Guess what? You see it on SportsCenter every night. Um, how much is that worth? You know, also, you know, it's not easy to when you're out watching games on a Saturday to flip over from a streaming service to – to a linear television, you know, how much will that keep fans from not watching it because they can't just simply flip over during commercial? Will games be available in bars or restaurants through streaming services? Again, all these things are things they got to consider. There's not a right or wrong answer. It's just your philosophy. I think most people want those conferences obviously would prefer if they had their choice, they'd want to have, basically what the big 10 got you know you'd want to have your your packages on three different networks um you know noon three three noon eastern three eastern seven o'clock eastern and you get the most exposure and you also got the most money but um you know enforcing for the pac-12 that's not an option so i think you just kind of got to figure out what's more important is it the exposure? Is it the money? Is it a combination? And what that sweet spot is? Brett, there was uh, a report that the SDSU athletic director is basically telling people it's a done deal. They're coming to the Pac-12. We saw Klievkov at an SMU basketball game. Um, I, you mentioned the Big 12. Is adding SMU in San Diego State, if, if the Pac-12 does indeed do that, to you, does that get the Pac-12 to at least the Big 12 number? Like, what is your best guess on the number they're going to get on a yearly basis? 
Uh, well, first of all, I don't think anything's a done deal as far as expansion, um, you know, until there's something officially signed. Now, is it probable? Yeah. It's probable. Is it possible? Yeah. Um, you know, look, if I was, if I was the PAC 12, I would stay at 10 because everybody that thinks there's strength in numbers, I, I, I don't buy that. Because if you could, add, the Pac-12 could add SMU and San Diego State. They could add the entire Mountain West. It doesn't matter how many schools are in that conference, because if any of those teams get in get an invite to the Big Ten, they're going to leave. Whether there's ten members in the conference, whether there's twenty four members in that conference. So the other thing is when you when you add more schools to your conference, you don't necessarily increase how much money the conference is going to get. And a lot of times when you add non-Power 5 schools, the amount of revenue doesn't increase, but the number of mouths you have to feed increase. So the pieces of the pie get smaller, so the schools would get less money. That's why the Big 12, you know, when they were left with 10 schools, they they stayed at 10 schools. I mean, they basically, they literally had formal interviews with literally every group of five school on the planet. Um, but ultimately, they came to the conclusion that I think everybody knew that they would by adding these other schools does not increase the size of the pie. It just makes the pieces of the pie smaller. So they stayed at 10. Now, the Pac-12 is in a little bit different situation because if streaming does get involved and streaming needs more inventory, then you've got to add teams to increase the number of conference games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't necessarily think, again, nothing against San Diego State and SMU, but if the Pac-12 could stay at 10 and still get the same deal that they could get with 12 schools, then I'd stay at 10 because then your 10 members are going to make more money in a 10-member league than they would at a 12-member league. Mm, that's a good point. Brett McMurphy, our guest, at Brett underscore McMurphy on Twitter. Go give him a follow. We, we all know Big Ten and SEC are in a league of their own, and then the rest of us are kind of fighting for scraps, and it kind of rotates like which one is on the chopping block. Big 12 loses Oklahoma and Texas. How do they recover? Well, they expanded. They got their deal, so now they're off the schneid. Now it's our turn. But now you're starting to see rumblings out of the ACC, the Florida State Athletic Director coming out saying this has to change, and we want some unequal revenue distribution. This might be a dumb question because the alliance lasted like three weeks uh, before, you know, RIP to the Alliance. Is there anything there between the Pac-12 and the ACC that could be done to, I don't know, make, make both sides happy and make a little bit more money, or is that a pipe dream? I mean, anything's possible, and I, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, George Klyovkov and Jim Phillips are looking at every every possibility. Um, I don't think they would they would combine conferences. One re- one reason I think is if you did do that, you would probably have to redo the ACC grant of rights. And if you did do that, then that would give Florida State, Miami, and Clemson, and North Carolina an out hmm. to get out. So, um, you know, I think it's you know, I look, I cover a lot of realignment. People think I like all these schools moving conferences. I don't. I you know, I do it. It's my job. Ultimately, I think it sucks. I hate it for college football. I hate it for college athletics. I like the, the good old days when we had a Southwest Conference. We had the WAC, you know, the, 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 the Big Ten actually were teams up in the Midwest. Um, you know, the Pac-12 was, was on the West Coast. But, you know, bottom line is I think five, five years is probably too quick. I think in 10 years, I think the SEC and Big Ten will have 24 members. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be, you know, King Kong or Godzilla, pick your 
favorite monster in whichever <laughs> conference you like better. And I think that's going to be Division One football. And then everybody, whoever's left, um, whatever they're going to be called in the in the group of five or whatever, I think that'll be a different division and they'll compete at a different level. Mm-hmm. And I hate that, but that's the way we're going. It's the way the NFL is. The SEC will be on ESPN, Big Ten's on on Fox and CBS, and the champs of both conferences will play in college football Super Bowl, and it'll be an NFL version of of college athletics. And I absolutely hate that, but that's where we're going because that's where the money is. The, the networks decide all this, not the conferences, and that's that's where we're headed. Uh, I think sooner. Sooner than later. You, uh, you late last week, you had a, a tweet that uh, caught on with a lot of Pac-12 fans, and it was talking about their potential media deal, and, and you added there, you introduced <laughs> me to a channel I didn't know existed, and that was the Ion Network, uh, formerly known as Pax Television. They, you know, they do reruns of Blue Bloods with Tom Selleck, and I thought, oh my God. Oregon State, Colorado after Blue Bloods at 7 o'clock on the Ion Network. We're like live golf now. We're going it, to the CW. It, it didn't feel good to read that, Brett, for everybody on the West Coast. But I, I kind of want to ask you, It's from our standpoint, it's interesting because we, we, we take you and we take Dodd and we have Mandel and we got Wilner. And it's kind of this weird thing where like I would I think most people would assume you guys are all good buddies. You've been on the beat for a long time and covering the sport. And it feels like the minute one of you has something, the other one contradicts it and says, no, my source says this isn't true. Like, how are we supposed to differentiate some of this stuff as sports fans where, you know, one block of people is saying it's this, it's this, and the other block saying, no, no, it's this, trust us, we know. It's just, it seems like it's so separated right now. Uh, you know, I can't speak for what other other reporters report. I mean, all I know is, you know, I, I look at my track record. I mean, in the past couple months, I reported OU. In, well, back in December, I was the first run that reported OU in Texas. The momentum was growing for them to get out of the league early when everyone said they were done. ESPN mm-hmm. re- reported they weren't – it wasn't going to happen. It was dead. And two days later, it happened. I reported that. I reported Fox and C- CBS and Turner are no longer involved. The negotiations with the Pac-12. Others have reported that. I was a, I broke the news that Klyovkov was visiting SMU. So I mean, you guys, people can you know people can believe what they want. I'm not going to sit here and dispute what other people report. That's not my. That's I'm not worried about that. All I know is when I report something, um, I don't report it unless I'm 100% certain on it. When I reported the the Eon stuff. I said they they had emerged as a as a potential partner with the Pac-12. I didn't say that they had a deal with the Pac-12. I didn't say they were going to go to the Pac-12. They are a potential partner because the Pac-12 at this point, they're not going to Fox, they're not going to CBS, they're not going to Turner. ESPN has has is lukewarm on the Pac-12 now because of the financial restrictions at ESPN and other factors. So they may not be wanting to put forth as much money as they would have done even six months ago so the pac-12 is looking everywhere it can to find potential partners and so yeah you know i can't people are going to believe who they're going to believe and that that's totally fine i understand that but uh you know i've i kind of go by the uh the mantra of i'd rather get beat on a hundred stories and be wrong on one so when i report something i take it seriously I, i i'm not one that just speculates stuff and I hate 
speculating on things because people think, oh, that's what you're reporting. Mm-hmm, right. So I kind of limit that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I saw there were certainly a lot of uh, clever tweets <laughs> with the eye on stuff. I also reported there was no formal offer from Apple. Nobody pushed back on that yeah. because there isn't a formal offer yet. So, you know, it, it is fascinating. It, it is. I have noticed that there are um, – certain reporters that cover certain conferences that I'm not going to call anybody out, but it happens in with every conference is that they're protective of their conference. They report, you know, when it's a rainy day that it's sunny outside and everything's great. Um, And I, I don't have any, you know, I'm a national guy. I could, not that I could care less, but I have a dog. I don't have a dog in the fight. And so if things are bad, then I'm going to report their bad. And if things are good, I'm going to report their good. And I think because I do that, people, um, you know, appreciate that because if you keep, you know, you keep, if you like you're covering a team and you keep telling everybody it's great, it's great, it's great. And you're winning three games a year. How credible are you? So uh, that's probably a long, long winded answer to your question. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, people know, what's been reported and who's accurate and who's not. And I'll stand by, you know, my reporting and, and let the others report, you know, whatever they, whatever they believe is or feel is accurate. Yeah. It's uh, it, your, your track record speaks for itself and it is raining here today. So we'll tell you that it is raining here in Portland today. <laughs> uh, last one for me, for you, Brett, I, if you're an athletic director at Oregon or Washington, are you signing a five-year grant or rights deal? Uh. If I don't have to, I'm not. I'm delaying. I'm delaying it as long as I can. I mean, I, I, you know, when I say I believe the pack, the Big Ten is not done expanding. It's not that I believe it. It's what I'm being told from people that I trust that that have knowledge of this. The Big Ten is not done expanding. They're going to they're going to add travel partners for USC and UCLA. Now, is it going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month? Probably not. Could it happen in a couple of years? Absolutely. So if you're Washington and Oregon, you know, how eager are you to sign a long-term deal, whether it's three years, four years, five years, 10 years, when you know that you're going to have a better offer somewhere down the line? I mean, are you going to to go sign a a four-year lease for an apartment? You know, for a fact, you're going to buy a house in two years? You know, no, you're not. But the flip side is, You've got to have somewhere to live. So, you know, how do you do that? I've had some people suggest, um, again, I'm not reporting this, but this is the the speculation part, but I've had some people suggest maybe Oregon or Washington try to go independent for a couple of years, Um, you know, if they refuse to sign the grant of rights. That would make perfect sense to me. That obviously would have a lot of challenges. Where do you put your Olympic sports? Certainly, where are you going to find 12 football opponents? Because believe me, the Pac-12, if they sign a new grant of rights without those two, are going to prohibit any schools from playing them out of conference. And with the other Power Five leagues locked up in their non-conference schedules until, oh, approximately um, the year 2742, (laughs) uh, it would be hard to find some Power Five opponents. But again, that could be one option. But if I'm Oregon or Washington, and believe me, they they know all this. They, you know, I, again, talking about my past reporting, I was the the first one that reported both schools met with the Big Ten, and this was several months ago um, about potential membership. So, 
they're certainly thinking about this, but it's at some point they're going to be faced with, you know, a grant of rights deal from the Pac-12, and then they're going to have to make a decision on if they're going to sign it. If they are, what kind of outs are there? Because if they don't sign it, then, you know, they've got nowhere to go. And if the Pac, if the Big Ten is not ready to make that offer or doesn't have the, the, the money from the networks to add additional members at that point, you know, that that's a tough sell. Yeah. All right. This is as quick as possible because you've given us enough time, Brett, but I just, let's take the reporter half for, for a second. You've talked to people, you've sourced things. This is just your gut right now. It's March 2nd. We're having fun, but I'm kind of curious what you think. The PAC 12 meets or comes below the big 12's yearly uh, amount of money. And when you, when we should maybe, or what your best guess is to hear about a media rights deal, what day, month, et cetera, whatever. Uh, I would expect it to be before, I think it would be the best case scenario um, in March, worst case scenario, um, not until May. And unless Apple and or Amazon overpay, then I think they'll be slightly below the big 12 number, which I think is 31 or 32 million per school. All right, there you go. Great stuff. Brett McMurphy, we could do this all day. College Football Insider for the Action Network at Brett underscore McMurphy on Twitter. Go give him a follow. He's plugged in. Uh, Sometimes the truth hurts, but it's good to hear it nonetheless. Thanks so much for the time out here uh, in Portland. We really appreciate it, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Anytime, guys. Thank you. There you go. Brett McMurphy, great stuff. Went a little long there because it was good information. Let's react to what we just heard, the future of the conference, Grant of Rights deals, the Big Ten. How's everybody feeling? That's next on The Fam. Hello, this is Dirt and Spray on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Brett McMurphy, great insight from him. Been a little long. Ken Barkley will join us coming up here in a moment. But it was, I mean, look, I think honesty is always good. The conference isn't in a good spot. We know the conference isn't in a good spot. And he, he's not wrong that his track record is proven to be more right than wrong over the years and it just it's not a great feeling right now about the future of the conference and it's a major bummer i think especially because what are we heading into maybe the best season of pac-12 football we're ever gonna have we uh yeah because we i mean we had a meeting yesterday we we've done a lot of talking behind the scenes at the station like it's march i'm kind of already super excited for what football is going to be i don't know if that's going to be disappointment for me or for you or for huskies or cougs or SC, whatever, like, it's just, it's an anticipation of a season I, I don't know if I've ever felt. And um, Oregon State just started spring practice, I think, yesterday. It's, yeah, they did. And it's, it just, it's, it's a bit of a blow. You know, it's, um, it's like knowing you're on vacation and you're not going to get laid. <laughs> hey, we got Hawaii. I know, but we can't. Like, ah. Damn it. Well, at least we'll be in Hawaii. Not even on the beach, huh? No. No. Nowhere. No jacuzzi. No. No. Just enjoy the scenery, the hiking, and the ocean. Let's look out at the stars. (laughs) See the ocean. That's, uh, yeah. It is depressing. You know, I take a little silver lining as an Oregon fan that at least maybe there's a home for me somewhere eventually down the road. But it doesn't change. Yeah, the Big Ten thing. Let let me say this. You guys might go to the Big Ten, and I I won't fault the program. It's not a shot at Oregon. It's going to suck. Oh, it's, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be horrible. It's not gonna feel great, and no, it's gonna be terrible. Oregon State can end up in the Mountain West, and we win five straight conference championships, but that's also gonna suck. Like all of it sucks. There's not a scenario here where I think it's exciting. It's it, it hurts a little bit. 
Well, it's depressing to hear. But if you miss any of that McMurphy interview, we'll podcast it here as soon as we're done. We'll cut some of it up. Uh, put some headliners out today. So you can oh, get- it's already up. It's already up. Look at that. It's already go. up. So it's great, great speed there from uh, Jordan and uh, good stuff there from McMurphy. Let's do, let's change pace a little bit in the final hour. I got some fun with audio I want to play for you. Uh, have you ever done this before? Uh, changes to one league coming. A couple of notes. I'm I am totally hooked in on something that I want to talk about. And bring up on the show. We'll start though with our buddy Ken Barkley. Uh, get some gambling advice from him. Kick off the final hour next on the fan.